You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. This is John Schneider. I'm here with my regular crew here. We'll talk about the Lamentations later. Let's talk about something fun. Jay Johnson and Brian Manning are with me, and we're going to talk something windy and actually really good right now. So, Jay, how you doing? Hang in there, man. At least the Jaguars finally won. Like, it's something to be enjoyed uh, this yeah. past weekend, but I'm much more excited about basketball. Brian, how about you? I'm good, guys. Um, I got a new owner, so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. getting a new owner, so, so I'm pretty stoked about that. So. Well, okay, who's supposed to be the new owner? Have they picked it yet? No, no, but... Yeah, everybody's got... Yeah, it, Joshua's it, buddies all jumped on him because Josh is being Mr. Doomgloom. It'll never happen. Nobody, we'll get a bad owner. We'll get a terrible guy, too. And it'll it be can't be. Snyder 2.0. Can't it be worse, can't man. be. Can't yeah. be worse. Well, okay, let's go to something besides that for the pro side of the thing. And we know you do the commander stuff, but... But tonight, I got a chance to go to the basket as a Hokie in my Hokie gear. I got a chance to go to the women's basketball game, you know, and we opened against Mount St. Mary's, and the girl just stood on the accelerator. It was a little slow to begin with. They were they were churning a little bit. Just you know, it's the timing's a little off. They're new to each other. We've got a couple of new players on the on the court itself, and the two returning, actually three returning players, are Kitley King and Amor. She was, okay, and let, let me go over this real quick. First of all, Kayla King scored 33 points, guys. Of that 33 points, she was 9 of 16 from from outside the, the ring. She dropped 9. She beat Asia Shepard's record. She dropped 9-3. Well, anytime you see 100 points in a basketball, at least in, in NCAA women's basketball, man, like, if that's slow, man, what's fast for them? Because that is pretty impressive. She mm-hmm. was draining them. She would set up outside the ring at about, you know, you, you know, that the old, somebody like John Havlicek, you know, that, that the, the, although that his was like a 24-footer, this is closer to 30-footer, but kind of off at about uh, 4 o'clock, and she just was draining them. It was just boom. Boom, boom. She was 9 of 16 from, from three-point range. And she was 10 of 17 field goals in general. So but she had four or five free throws. Liz Kitley, our center, our six-foot-six center, she was she was doing pretty well. She, yeah, our preseason she, All-American. <laughs> yeah, preseason All-American. She, she only came in with a mere 18 points. Yeah, she was perfect, seven, from, perfect for, for three throws. Three throws yeah. Seven to seven. Yeah. I, this is our one of our new players, Taylor Soul, who can handle the ball. 
she took the ball away twice in a row and just laid it up beautifully. It was there were a couple of couple of ones that I wanted to see some highlight reels on. She scored 14 points. Uh, she was four of six from the from the floor. She's she's one of two transfers from Boston College on on the roster this year. Yeah, and then and then George, of course Georgia Amor, our our little and she she's kind of little considering all of the other girls on the team. She's probably she's listed at five six, but I don't think so. But she's from Australia, and she's she came in. She had eleven points, and she was she was out there. She was four for seven from the floor. I loved it. And then our, one of our new players, Oyusu, Ashley Oyusu, she contributed nine points. And then Kanye Taylor was threw in 11. All of the playing, only two people who played scored less than double digits in this game. And, and there, there were, and I think Carly Dunn got a chance to get in and it was only nine. She only played nine minutes and scored five points. So it gives you an idea that first of all, the women's basketball team is going, they need to get a little timing. Can you imagine they were off pace and a little out of time and kind of getting everything? Can you imagine the fact that as they play together more, they're going to get better? We're going to try to go to the Bucknell game coming up on Friday. I'm going to jump on the, the portal and see if maybe we can start getting some credentials, especially the women's game. Maybe get some of the men's games too, but we'll, we'll see. It's kind of hard to get basketball credentials because there's not a whole lot of places to go for people to cover. So we'll see about that. But Brian, I'm going to go let you go for the rest of the, this break and, and talk about men's coming up at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Of course, the game will be over by everybody hearing this, but give it, give us a shot. Yeah, the Hokies, the men open the season tonight against Delaware State and what should be a, a blowout win. I'm I'm not, I'm not trying to be. I mean, the whole ACC open today. I think men's and women's and everybody's playing a, I don't want to call them, call them bad names or anything, but playing a lesser than opponent and the Hokies should win handily. But I'm, I'm excited to see some of the newcomers like Basile and, and Rodney Rice. Justin Mutz is suspended for the game. No, nothing major. It was something to do with the NCAA where, where he came back. You know, he would, he flirted with going pro and then came back. It's nothing major. They don't need him tonight. So. I'm excited to see the depth. I'm look, looking forward to the I did the uh, preview article and and I projected a starting five this year of Mutz, Basile, Couture, Padula, and Maddox. That's who I believe will be the top five. And I think from there, Rice will be the guy as a six man probably once he's rocking and rolling. They're looking for some Camden to transfer from Memphis. They'd like to see him step up and become a, a, a good shooter off the bench. But there's a lot of there's a lot of unproven depth this year. But your top your top guys are are really good. I'm excited about Padula as a as the point guard. He's going to be that guy that when you were when I was growing up, I hated like Duke had some little five foot ten white point guard that you hated and you wanted to hit his face in the in the floor because you just couldn't stand it. He's that guy for us that we're going to absolutely love and the other everybody's going to hate because he's going to he's going to win games and he's he's confident. He's just he's extremely confident. And last year, I mean, when the season turned around in January last year, Padula and Maddox were two of the two of the guys who turned things around for the entire team because they were getting to play more. So I'm excited about about the season. It starts tonight. Um, it'll ramp up here in the next couple of weeks. But 
what are you guys how are you guys feeling about the uh, basketball season besides the fact that we get to talk about something that's winning I was surprised they weren't in the top 25, man. I feel like they're getting overlooked. I I believe so. I believe so, Jay. And part of it is the top three in the ACC this year is is a definitive top three, and it's no surprise. It's Duke. Carolina's number one, and it's Duke, and it's Virginia. Duke and Carolina have the most talent. Virginia has a lot of talent, too, but the key with Virginia is everybody's back. They're getting everybody back. Kia Clark's back for another year, and Duke doesn't have hardly anyone back, but they have like five of the top ten high school players in the in the country and unc is bringing everybody back from almost everybody back from a final four a championship game team so that, that's what's hurting the hoagies I, I, like a lot of the other teams picked ahead of them in the preseason like notre dame and and schools like that i still think the hoagies are better than but mike young i i'm so confident mike young i think him and him and tony bennett you know coach k and roy's gone i think bennett and, and mike young are the two best coaches in the acc and, and the acc still has a lot of good coaches so pretty excited about that yeah so we're gonna Take a break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about some melts. Get Jay, Jay have his say a little bit. Looks like some news on the soccer front, and it was good. So we'll be back after this commercial break. You can catch our podcast here at Gobbler Country on Apple, Audible, Amazon, Spotify, and our publisher, Megaphone. Follow us on Twitter at Gobbler Country and Facebook. Just search for Gobbler Country and look for our turkey. Hey, everybody, we're back. And what we're going to do is now we're going to turn it over to Jay because we've got a whole bunch of good news on other sports for some of the other non-revenue sports. Jay, why don't you take it off? All right, John, thanks. Yeah, so for the fourth time in the last five years, the women's soccer team has been selected to the NCAA tournament. So that's exciting. It's nice to see that some of our other sports are also being competitive uh, with regards to, like, at least being in the hunt for a championship. I don't necessarily think that that is in the cards for the women's soccer team, but the fact that we're making regular appearances in the NCAA tournament is is heartening. They had a pretty solid season, not as good as last year. So last year they finished uh, 12-6-2. This year they finished 10-6-2, but they had some pretty solid wins. They upset then number three UNC, then number 22 NC State, tied UVA when they were ranked 13, and they made it to the second round of the ACC tournament. They just recently, um, they beat Syracuse, but then fell to number five Florida State. But they're competitive. They fight hard, just like they did last year. So kind of like a dark horse team. So it's pretty exciting. You should be able to watch some of that on streaming. So Definitely keep your eye out for that. And the other thing I wanted to bring everybody's attention to is that the wrestling season is starting up here. So this past weekend, the Virginia Tech Hokies participated in the Southeast Open, which you can sort of think of as like a preseason little tournament just to get the athletes warmed up. But they started off this weekend on the 11th Friday against Ohio State. So preseason rankings for Virginia Tech, they're number 11 in the country. Ohio State's number six. So right into the fire, going to get a get a nice challenge, kind of see where the Hokies are. Remember last year, once again, they made it to the, the NCAA tournament and we had Kai Lewis in the finals. He ended up falling, but he was in the hunt for the NCAA championship for his weight class, which is exciting. And kind of look into the future. I don't know if uh, some folks saw, but we ended up recruiting Jimmy Mullen He's not graduating until 2023, but he's the number one ranked heavyweight wrestler. 6'2", 250 pounds out of New Jersey. The fun thing about him, in addition to being the number one ranked heavyweight wrestler, and he's coming here on a wrestling scholarship, he's also a three-star defensive end. So he's been ranked three stars. He 
plays defensive end right now in uh, in high school. So we're expecting a dual threat athlete to show up, and uh, he's looking strong and intends to play both sports. So we'll see how that plays out. But we were talking earlier about you know how we like seeing you know grapplers on the field. Man, they're strong. They've got a lot of endurance. They know how to move people around. So it'll be nice to see him on uh, on the defensive line potentially. Yeah, I remember the old days when that's what you did after football. And a lot, some of the skill players that, you know, the, especially the defensive skill players, the guys who were defensive, that's where they went after football was the wrestling team. And, and it wasn't because they were particularly good wrestlers or not. It's because the massive amount of endurance, it is just, it is, it is physically punishing to be a wrestler. People don't realize it really is. It's one-on-one with another human being on the floor who's as strong or slightly stronger, or sometimes, you know, it depends. You just don't know or they have better balance, or they have some, it's just, and they're matched up to you, and you got to deal with it. Yeah, they know how to use their hands, too. They know how to, like, get off and on blocks. Like, it's, I'm excited. So I I hope that pans out. In in his interview, he was saying, like, I'm coming as a, uh, as a scholarship for for wrestling, but I might switch to football. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's 250, so to do a defensive end, he'd still have to gain another 15 to 20 pounds. To be that's, to be like the the yeah. prototype, he's still that's, you know that's easy though. Yeah, once he gets in the weight program, he's a yeah. he's a junior right now. Yeah, so he's got so he got some time. I I think that's good news. Yeah. Oh, I forgot okay. to mention. Sorry, that West the the Hokies the women's soccer team got picked up. They're going to be playing West Virginia in Morgantown on Sunday. So if you get a chance to find that stream, check it out. All right, now for the last half of this. It's the lamentation period. Everybody, when the tombstone goes up and the piper is playing Amazing Grace and the crow flies away, everybody gets to lament a little bit. And that's kind of what's happened to us. I mean, the football season is over. It, it ended with the loss and the embarrassing loss to, you know, to a team that we had no business losing to at all. Add it to the list. Added teams to we list. have no business losing, business losing to. to. So the lament, my lament is there was so much promise and so little delivery. The, the, the coaching, and it's the players didn't seem to have the energy this year. Some of them did, but you got to have all of the players buy in and all of the players have the energy. And I did not see that this year. I did not see the organization. I did not see the... I did not see that the drive in the warm-ups on the sideline, the kids just kind of there. It's not like a hot of people hopping around yelling and pointing, you know, or talking to each other. The energy level was just low. So my lament is that, number one, the players just didn't seem to be into it. And number two, the coaches were in way over their head. Whether or not Brent Pry is here for a long term is going to be a two-year-at-a-time deal. I sent a copy of the contract analysis to you, Jay, just to show you what they structured in, and they didn't do the same sort of thing they did with Fuente. So there's no guarantees for or Pry. He's got two years to make this work, and the out is pretty cheap for him, for us. If he makes it work, he gets paid more. I mean, you know, it's 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 kind of, okay, if you get this work, and in four years, you'll end up with lots more money. And then if you're here for six years, because after that two-year period, then after the six years, then you get a whole lot more money. Okay, so they've got escalators in there and and they've they've redone it. But the coaching staff is just not functioning. It just is. Well, I don't think anything's functioning. 
that's the worst loss of the season. Like that yeah. was the one, like I was disappointed in the ODU loss. It took me by surprise. What we saw in the middle section, those five games, which I predicted that we would lose all those. None of that surprised me. What surprised me is how well we played against Miami and NC State. Dude, speaking of Miami, boy, talk about buyer's remorse. But I mean, it's, I think it's just across the board right now. It's not just the talent gap. It's some of the coaching decisions. I I feel bad for them. My, what is this? This is the first six-game losing streak we've had since 1987. So I was five, and I'm not young anymore. <laughs> I'm not as old I as John. Married, I got married in 87. <laughs> so it, it's just one of those those things. Like, And I think we all felt it, man. When Keyshawn King fumbled, I was like, we're going to lose this game. Yeah. We're going to lose this game. Yeah, that's it hit me. Like, here we go. I think we actually communicated that, that we knew what was going to happen. And it's like the the NC State game the week before. When they scored that first touchdown so easily, I said, oh, my God, look how much time's left. We've got to start sustaining some drives. Whether we score again or not, we've got to put together five, six-minute drives with two or three first downs. We couldn't do it. We can't do it. I mean, against uh, Georgia Tech, who is – I mean, I'm not trying to, to pile on Georgia Tech because they're showing fighting spirit under the interim coach. They really are. But they're not a good team. And, we, you know, I, I, I mentioned to Jay the other day was – you know, we, we lost to a kid making his first start. I'm not saying that, that Pyron will not be a good quarterback. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you're letting a freshman quarterback who was not recruited by Alabama. This is not some elite skill set kid coming in and, and slicing and dicing you up and down the field. And yet on that, on the one play on the touchdown run, there was like, I think it was from like the 12-yard line, 10-yard line. We just all run back to the end zone. The whole secondary is going to the, the whole back seven is going to the end zone. And that he's running as soon as he, as soon as he steps back, he sees the green grass i mean just and then somehow third and 19 after a timeout we get dax dax lined up on their best receiver a little jitterbug yeah. I, I don't I, after a timeout and he gets 20 yards i'm like this cannot go any worse i mean um, my feelings were we, we knew the season was over weeks and weeks ago i mean we knew it wasn't gonna be a good season but we we found hope and things to be excited about but i was really crushed at the nc state game and it took everything i had to even want to watch georgia tech but i but I was going to, obviously. But, yeah, the Georgia Tech game, it completely I, – I don't have a lot of faith that we can win a game the rest of the year. No. I, I mean, I really don't. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that um, after this next break. and We'll be back for, for the, the kind of a quick review of Duke and how we feel about it with predictions. So get, we'll get back to you in a second. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Talking Turkey presented by SB Nation's Gobbler Country. If you haven't already, like and follow us on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter, at Gobbler Country, and check out the website, gobblercountry.com. Welcome back. Now for our little Duke review. So, hey, Brian, why don't you lead us through what you got on Duke? The first point, and I say this seemingly every week, but I feel like I need to. Uh, when I watch Duke, I, I think about what could have been had we hired Mike Elko because he's a defensive-minded head coach, came from, from A&M, but he spent a lot of time under Dave Clawson, Wake Forest at one time, and he's another guy who understands how to build a program with limited resources. Like, he's got limited re- – I mean, everybody thinks Duke, basketball, but the football program has limited resources, but he's got him playing super, super well the first year, and part of it is he's got a good quarterback. Riley Leonard's a 6'4 sophomore, and he will beat you with his legs and his arm. He leads him in rushing with almost 600 yards rushing, and the rushing attack's one of the best in the country. They're averaging over 200 yards a game, and Leonard paces them with, with 577, but then they have – Three other guys, three of the running backs all have at least 300 yards. They've ran for 26 touchdowns, I think. They're really good. And he's not a bad passer either. He's 65% passer with 11 touchdowns. So, yeah, he's. I'm really, you know, 
the last couple of weeks we faced freshman quarterback making their first starts. This week we're facing the real deal, a really good quarterback. And when I see Duke, I just wonder, I mean, you know, Duke under David Cutcliffe at times was pretty good. David Cutcliffe was a good coach, but the program ran stale under him. And that's why he retired or forced out, whatever you want to call it. But last year, Duke was 0-8 in the ACC. Right now, Duke is 6-3. and Duke is playing good football. Duke came within a late touchdown of beating North Carolina, who's the best team in the ACC right now. So I, I look at Duke, and they're doing it with less talent. I mean, people can talk about our talent outside of quarterback. Our talent's better across the board than Duke. We just don't – now, their quarterback's obviously a lot better, and no disrespect to Wells, but it's true. But, I mean, it's it's coaching, man. It's all it's all about coaching. They're well coached. I mean, they uh, – we hire – it seems like every time we hire an offensive coordinator, like we're the only school in America that can't get the offensive coordinator position right because we, we were behind when we had Stein Spring for years. We were behind everybody else. But we, we were so good on defense and special teams, and we had such good athletes on offense. It didn't matter. We were going to line up and beach anyway. But, you know, and then, you know, this the last travesty we had with Cornelson. I don't even like saying his name. But then now, Bowen, I'm not saying Bowen won't be a good coach, but but I think he's a little bit overmatched right now. And, and I and I wonder sometimes if Pride doesn't regret finding a veteran, two veteran coordinators, because he's paying Bowen and Marv I think over eight hundred thousand, which is a pretty good salary for inexperienced coordinators, first time coordinators at this level. So I wonder if he doesn't regret not getting some veteran coordinators because he needs to focus on the entire team. He doesn't need to be calling defensive plays. You're babysitting a defensive coordinator making eight hundred thousand a year, and, and I'm not knocking Marv. I think Marv's Marv's a fine coach, but he let him take over. I mean, this team is not good anyway. Let him take over. Everybody's taking their lumps right now. You you gotta let gotta let him take over. I mean, yeah. Well, I've been I've been griping about the fact that the, one of the biggest mistakes that head coaches make is getting into the X's and O's. They can't get into the X's and O's. As soon as a head coach gets into the X's and O's, they fail. And it, it's a universal. You don't see any of the, the big-name head coaches screwing around with the X's and O's. You just don't. Now, you might in the pros, but really, it's kind of salutary for them. You know, like, uh, it, it happens. But, okay, Jay, it's your turn. Anything you've got to say about Duke, you know? I'll just echo some of the stuff Brian said. Riley Leonard's a dual-threat quarterback. Virginia Tech hasn't shown anything that they can do to stop that. I think he's going to eat us alive. The other side of it, too, what I think is going to be very interesting to see is whether or not we burn red shirts, right? So we're not playing for a bowl, and all we're doing right now is playing for some semblance of pride, whatever broken animal that we might be able to, like, you know, drag behind the car. But I don't know if that's worth, like, burning some of these red shirts. The other side of it, though, that concerns me is if these young men don't feel like they're going to play— are they just going to leave? I doubt it, right? I don't think that any of these true freshmen and redshirt freshmen have enough of a body of a work on a potentially 2-10 and 10 team to justify leaving and thinking they're going to go to another Power 5 program, right? Like Hooker left after dragging Virginia Tech's offense, kicking and screaming to success, and he was picked up by a Power 5 program. I don't see Malachi Thomas being able to do that, right? Even though he's probably our best offensive player, he struggled with injury. When he is on the field, he does do well, but he doesn't have the body of work for Alabama or some like that in the SEC or the Big Ten to be like, yeah, I'm going to go, pl- I'm going to get Malachi Thomas. So I actually think we've got a good chance to keep our young players here. I'm curious if they're going to bench some of them just to preserve that red shirt so they have that extra year of eligibility, understanding that this year is a complete loss. And so at that point, I would think that we're making evaluations for some of our upperclassmen that are going to be around. I think this might be three weeks of tryouts. That's, that's my thought on it. 
You know, I think Tucker, this could get real ugly real quick. Everybody think, seems to be going the right direction except for us. I think Tucker Holloway has one game left before he burns his shirt, and and I want to see him. I, I wanted to see him play all year, um, and I know he didn't because I'd heard about. I'd always seen how fast he was, but I'm excited about him. And Delane, I mean, he's the best corner on the team. I don't, I don't By care far. about junior, senior. He's got to play because he's the best player. And you know, Dorian Strong's a good player, but even Delane's better than Dorian Strong. And Dorian Strong's out anyway. He'll probably get a medical red shirt. I hope he gets a medical red shirt because I think next year coming back, Delane and Strong can be a couple, a good pair of starting corners for us. Get, get back to DBU. I mean, I, when you watch Delane and what he's done over the last two, three weeks, I, I don't care. I think he's the best defensive player in the field right now. There isn't anybody playing better than him. He's different. I mean, you yeah. see that we always talk about the dog in him. He's got it in him. And and, and Kelly Lawson, I want to talk about him for a yeah. second because I remember being excited about him and and in high school and seeing his size and never and I remember Fuente had him at receiver and I'm like, go back and watch him in high school. He's not a receiver. He's a defensive player. And I credit Pry for writing that wrong immediately. So, but you you talk about guys leaving. I'm with you, Jay. I, I really think even though right now things feel bad and everything i think the kids really like pry and and i, and I hope they give him a shot yeah. like we need to give him a shot and we are we like pry too we want him to succeed so hopefully and I, I don't know if you guys saw the twitter video going around that braylon johnson put out where he and a lot of the other 2023 recruits all put out messages to stick with each other it was, it was a pretty cool pretty cool thing and, and and it was orchestrated by the players not not the coaches so it, it was good to see yeah, yeah. And i think there's there's stuff to be gained there too because you know young egos want to be part of building something great that's how we got michael vick there you know it's like yeah you can go to syracuse and back when Syracuse was elite, or you could come be your own person, and, you know? And Cor- Cornell Brown, we're waiting on somebody to be our next Cornell Brown, the guy who changes everything. Cornell Brown was that guy for us. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, okay. Now, I know what everybody's thinking. It's like with Jay and I talked about it. The Hokies are going to lose. I mean, I'm just predicting a loss until I see something different. I thought that they should have won against Georgia Tech, and that was really the the litmus test for me to see if they were going to be able to take all the incremental improvements and lessons they learned against much stiffer competition the previous five weeks and put together a complete game. I mean, you can include Wofford in this. There's not been a complete game the entire season, so they're going to lose. I, I think the spread's 10. We'll say that the offense puts up 13 points. So I'll go with 35-13 Duke. Sounds good to me, Jay. Yeah, I'm, how about you, Brian? I'm not I'm not far off. I don't know what my score is going to be, but I'm I'm going to ride with Jay on that one and it'll be something similar. Yeah, Jay and I talked about it earlier. I even think that they're going to blow the spread out. And I don't think we're going to get that many points. I think we're looking at like a 48 to 10 insanity. Especially if they start preserving red shirts and yeah. they start taking the better, more athletic younger players off the field. You look at our roster right now. I mean, it's no joke. Our best players are freshman and redshirt freshman i mean that's encouraging in a way but but like you said once we're if we're saving some of those guys it's, it could be a long last few weeks yeah, yeah. you know and, and for those people that think that the uva game is going to be salvation and we're going to keep no, the cup, nope. i don't see it nope. and we'll talk about it ne- we'll talk about it in the next show but but i think thanksgiving weekend everybody packs up the suitcases and go and i think you know i think it'll be interesting too is malachi thomas been in more than four games no no I don't, he hasn't they might i think he might, they I, might I, I know three i know three I games has played is what i know and yeah he, he's eligible because he, he didn't redshirt. He was a true freshman last year, so it's a very yeah. good possibility. He could, they could have redshirt him this year. Yeah, and, it, and it, might, it would be a freebie redshirt. It wouldn't even have to be a medical. Because speaking of young that. players, he's a true sophomore, once again, right? Hey. The first and second year players are the best thing on this team. And he's also got an NIL deal, so hey, yeah. more reason to come back. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. You know, 
you know, this this season, all of us wrote off this season about five games ago. But, you know, the, the, the idea was at least to salvage the floor, and they're not even going to be salvaging the floor. So I really thought we had a shot at a 6-6 six and six bowl game. I really yeah, I, did, man. That's did why this, lo- this loss hurt me bad. I was like, man, guys, man. Okay. I, I yeah. thought so, too. And, and you, you, the thing... The thing that I knew that the program trajectory was wrong was back in the 2020 season when we had a bowl bid, even even with a limited, you know, with the quote unquote limited win in in the 2020 and the yeah the, the COVID, COVID bowls. season, the COVID yeah. bowls. We had a bowl bid and the team voted no. Yeah, they didn't want to play for they didn't, they want, to didn't want to play for those play. coaches. They didn't want to we noted we noted that when that happened, it was like, well, yeah. that's how the bowl streak ends. You know, yeah. is the that bowl streak ends. Players don't want to play for those coaches. Yeah, the, the 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 voluntarily quit on the coaches, and there's just a lot of those players that are on this team, and it's not that they're quitting. I I think that they're so beat up, and it's been such a bad trip for them. I think most of them just want this season over with. I don't think they wanted to stick for the bowl. I think the seniors just want to go home. Most of them will not play pro. The last the last game they're going to show up for is the UVA game, and the only thing that I think is going to potentially salvage a UVA win in the cup yeah, is, Dax, is pure pride. Dax don't want to go home. He would play. He would play fifteen more years in a Hokie uniform. Yeah. I, I love that yeah. guy. Uh, I, there's some guys that, that just transcend the horrible, and Dax Hollyfield is one of them. Dax this might be it. one of the first times we don't have a player drafted. In a long, long time. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we have any seniors that. Okay, I love Dax, but Dax is just not. Nah, dude, he's an undrafted rookie free agent option. There's, they're yeah, not going to spend a draft right. on and, him. And he'll blow up. And he'll blow Connor's up the, in the first. Connor, first. Connor's the same way. I, I see him more as a undrafted, undrafted free agent. Good, yeah. Connor good could potentially stick. Connor they're, could they're, potentially well, stick. It's not that they're not good players. They just don't have the measurables that the NFL wants, the, the speed and athleticism. It's not that they're not good players. I mean, no. well, you know they are. are but... but you got you got to be I, – I remember the scouts talking about branded faces. Hey, I, know, I, know two, I know two Hokies that will get drafted, Hendon Hooker and Tavion Robinson. Yeah, You know what? Them. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> you know what? Tavion didn't get his degree, but Hendon Hooker is a Hokie. Well, I would he say he might be playing for the Volunteers, but Hendon Hooker is a full-fledged, honest-to-God Hokie. He's got a he's got a Virginia check. I believe in hanging from the wall. I believe Tavion was too. Tavion was all Hokie, but I mean, this is a kid that had the talent to play in the NFL, and he knew it wasn't going to happen here with the offense he played in. So I, I don't blame him for going somewhere where he was going to get no, the ball a lot. And he had a heck of a nil a nil deal. The Kentucky gave him a really nice and, nil deal. On Kentucky's got an. NFL prospect at quarterback too, so probably yeah. the first one off the board. He's probably the first quarterback off the board. Yeah, yeah. So, so hey guys, everybody out there in Hokie Nation, as we very quickly transition to basketball and the fun basketball season we're about to have, because we're going to have two basketball teams that are going to be good and they're going to be fun to talk about. So the schedule changes. No more blitzes. It's going to be our weekly show. The thirty-minute show will be segments. You know, men's basketball, women's basketball, and then the other winter sport and you guys will stick with us we're going to keep up the sports and we're going to you know a lot of sites go into idle once football ends and and because they don't have basketball teams well we've got basketball teams and we got a baseball team and we got a softball team so we're here for the duration and and we'll always keep up with the football news because as as you know football never stops so no it never does you know so if everybody will hang in there with us we'll hang in there with you and what do we all say guys go hokies go hokies go hokies, go hokies.